What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. I am Ronan Gain. Joining me as always, Chris Nambu. Thank you so much for making this your first podcast. Remember, if you're on YouTube, give us a subscription, give us a like, let us know what you think of the pod. You're on Spotify, leave us that five-star review, wherever you get your podcasts. We are everywhere at Coast to Coast NBA. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our content. We have had the first few games of the season. Every team has played. A couple of teams have played two games. We finally got back to some NBA basketball. We're going to be taking a look at the, at the major points. We're going to look at the Bucks' first game, the Celtics' first game, obviously two of the big stories of the offseason. Let's see how they got on. We'll also be talking about Denver, how important it might be for the other teams in the West and even the East to make sure they've got a better record in the regular season in Denver and get them away from home advantage. Julius Randle struggled in game one. Are they a sign that he's going to have another difficult year? And we'll also be going through a list of overreactions that I posted uh, for every one of the first games of the season. I had 15 overreactions. We'll be going through them and seeing if any of them will hold up as the season goes on. But before we get into it, Chris, how are you doing, man? Well, I'm I'm good. I should be asking you how you're doing. I was a little bit concerned for your health. I was seeing you tweet away. You know, we, we've, we were trying to ramp up our, our Twitter presence here and... Uh, I was shocked. I don't know if you got hacked. I don't know if you were concussed. I don't know if you were under the influence. Um, I don't, I can't even imagine what you could possibly be under the influence with to be tweeting on some of the things, but I'm glad you're holding yourself accountable. We're going to discuss them and I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad, I'm glad nothing, nothing went wrong for you to be tweeting out such, uh, such interesting things, but man, I'm excited. We finally get to talk about some real basketball and you know, what we're saying now actually matters, right? Like two games in, this is a good sample size. Now everything we say makes sense. It's not just a preseason. It's not just summer league. We're not just imagining things in June. We can actually look at some real basketball. So where, where are we going first? Are we going to talk about your Knicks Celtics? Yeah, well, let's, let's start out with the two the two big dogs. We'll talk we'll talk Celtics first, then we'll get into some, then we'll get into some book stuff. So Celtics obviously ended up winning 108 to 104 against my Knicks. It was a it was an interesting game. I mean, there was a couple of times where they threatened to pull away. The Knicks kept clawing back. Uh, some great performances from a few few outsiders for the Knicks, which was really good to see for them. But as we got down to the clutch, it just showed the the, the weapons that the Boston Celtics have, the different players that they're going to be able to rely on to get the job done throughout the season. And we saw it in game one, and it's probably going to continue as the season goes on. The only the only concern I'd have of the whole thing was maybe the depth. The depth could could prove an issue for Boston as, as the season goes on. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. It, it seems like um, running a tight ship, playing against the Knicks. Um, I mean, seeing Jason Tatum get 38 minutes, Jalen Brown get 38 minutes, Chris Stapps basically get 38 minutes, Drew Holiday 35 minutes, Derek White getting almost 32 minutes. They... You know, we, we saw uh, a bigger rotation last year, but now, you know, losing a couple of key guys, you're going to have to give Peyton Pritchard more than 11 minutes. He's paid to play more than that. Sam Hauser, we'll see what we get out of him. He only played 13 minutes in this game. And, of course, Al, Al Horford kind of limiting him. It, that's that's important. I think the the two big names there that I want to watch for this season is Chris Stapps and Horford, two guys that you need at the end of the season. How can you find creative ways in your lineups to kind of keep the minutes off of them, give them rest throughout the season? Um, but I mean, hey, it's opening night. Everyone's ready to play. And, you know, the Knicks are always going to to push the the envelope. And I think it's interesting, like that you mentioned the depth here, that you compare the minutes spread between the Knicks and the Celtics. And I mean, the Knicks balanced their minutes pretty well. You know, like I, I think they they went pretty deep to their bench. I mean, they um even Dante DiVincenzo not having a great showing but you know that's a guy who's going to be important to their depth um I know there are several people out there still upset that Evan Fournier did not play in this game he's still not getting minutes with Tom Thibodeau you just accept um, it like it's the way it is <laughs> they're keeping him there for when they're going to make a trade like they're going so crazy over season, Ronan? are you serious like, yeah it's, no it's, I, it's, it's silly it's don't get me wrong I'm sure it's really really frustrating for him like I'm sure it is tough but I don't see how anyone can really justify asking him like to, to really demand him that he deserves minutes on the team like he hasn't shown enough he can't he can't offer that defensive security that that coach Taves wants and it's not like he's a even a top 10 shooter in the league like he can get hot but Ronan, he's not did you he's watch him in FIBA down. did you watch him play for France Rudy Gobert yeah. watched him Rudy Gobert knows how good he is but at the end Send of the day we'll take Kat then okay okay yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah I mean hey 
we mentioned that and i really think that you know if you want an inefficient you know flashy kind of guy that's a big name there you go that that's your guy he would you would maybe that's that's also a fit new york project. perfectly that's, yeah <laughs> yeah that's a reclamation project and I, I think that's maybe a pod for another day but the more and more that we see negative minutes from rudy gobert and cat on the floor and the more we see the next you know still be a piece away from com- competitive because that, that's what i was going to say that the ultimate takeaway is from this game is the Knicks are right there with the Celtics and the Celtics, you know, they're playing all their best guys. And th- this is a team that, you know, it's just a couple possessions really away from, from beating this team. And they've been that competitive last season. And I think that given a five of 22 performance out of Julius Randall and a six of 21 performance out of Jalen Brunson, you know, they, they find ways to stay competitive and who knows that, that it's, if it, it's a piece away, if it's a, uh, if it, rj barrett jump shot away who knows who knows what it'll be this season but the, I think the big the thing was right that there, i, I took away from that is watching that that manual quickie performance like he was mm-hmm. he was superb in that game he was a huge part of why they were able to stay around why they were able to even grab the lead at one point and i'd swear to god if the knicks lose him for nothing it will be such a massive loss for this franchise like don't get me wrong he's never going to be the guy that leads his team in points or anything like that but he is a really talented player, a really important role player for this team. He's going to be part of a of a of a package that they look to get a bigger star with. Fine, but if they end up losing him for nothing, that it's it's just another disaster for the Knicks. Yeah. Now, how did we feel about Kristaps Porzingis, who had the most points in a debut against their against the Knicks, their former team? Right? Is it is that what it was? It didn't didn't matter. I mean, they they always find some sort of obscure way to to make a first game shine but Kristaps looked great in preseason he looked great in his debut the shot profile from him is, is going to stay consistent the, the shot is going to stay consistent defensive presence is going to stay consistent and I think we're going to be talking all season long about a guy who's you know going to add a dynamic to this team that's really going to push the Celtics over the edge yeah yeah obviously offensively he was he was awesome uh 30 points uh five and nine from three came up with a few, a few uh, clutch buckets for the for the team to, to ice the win and then even defensively he was very much playing the brook lopez sort of role in milwaukee he was yeah. the team was just kind of feeding guys towards him and he was either blocking them he ended up with four blocks or he was tearing them from from shooting or it was the it was a uh, was uh causing havoc on on, on player shots rj barrett won't want to see uh want to see christos Rosingas again for for a little while the way he was going up against him so I, I respected RJ for continuing to do yeah, it. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, he, he doesn't. Don't get wrong, I don't I know if like he doesn't it. learn. He's just like I. I this is my job. I got to keep putting pressure. But but Kristaps did not back down from that. No, no, and I think it just shows how quickly he's fit in and how quickly they've kind of built a, the idea of how they want to use him. And it, it really looks like he's in a position now where once he stays healthy. He's really going to be in a position to thrive and really, really deliver big things for the Celtics team. And on the whole, just the fit of him—that was the biggest thing about about the the opening night. How is he going to fit? How is he going to perform? Yeah, he's not going to have thirty every night. We know that, but the fit overall within the team is a great look for the Boston Celtics. Yeah, um, Drew Holiday, not the greatest debut, but the defense was on full display. Yeah, three blocks. And the the pressure that it puts on the ball. The Knicks guys had awful game. when when he was guarding them. I think the Knicks the Knicks uh, shooting was even worse than it was on the on that hole. Not that it was a good night anyway, but in terms of when when um when Drew Holiday was on them, they they struggled even more. All, all the main guys, whenever Drew Holiday was on them, they 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 struggled, and that's 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 what he brings. Yeah, and that's the same presence you. That's what we talked about when losing Marcus Smart. We're going to see the same level of defense in the post against Randall. Randall's going to struggle against Drew Holiday. You know, on the perimeter against Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brunson is going to struggle to get by him. That that craftiness is not going to apply to a guy like Drew Holiday. So it, it's great to see that that defensive presence for him. And I think this is kind of going to be the the Drew Holiday experience. That it's it's funny. He's the kind of guy that over the course of the season is going to be a good shooter. But he's it's gonna come game in and game out. He's sometimes gonna be that guy, sometimes not gonna be that guy. It's not gonna be every game where he's gonna be shooting, you know, two of five, three of five from three. Tonight's gonna be one of five. 
next game is going to be four or five. And he's just very streaky, it seems like, game to game. Defense is always there. Overall, I, I am excited for what we've seen from Porzingis. It's encouraging to see what we see from Holiday. The minutes from the Celtics seems to be a bit heavy on the starters. And for the Knicks, I I want to see a little bit more, a little bit more Quentin Grimes. Mm-hmm. More and more. Like I love that he took three. I love that he took six shots from three. But so did Rand. Randall took eight. RJ Barrett took five. Like I, I want to see Quentin Grimes like consistently shooting more than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get into a little bit more of it on uh, on the Knicks later when we talk a bit more in depth on uh, on Julius Randall. But before we go there, we get let's go over to the other main story in the Eastern Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks. Same old Damian Lillard. Now they oh, actually only ended up winning by a point, but uh, kind of uh, for a large period it was more comfortable that. But Dame just like KP set a franchise uh, debut record: thirty nine points, eight boards, four assists, went seventeen to seventeen at the free throw line. A clutch three pointer that really iced the game for for the Bucks and uh, just Dame being Dame. Huh? I think it's great that the Bucks have mirrored kind of the offense that he likes in Portland. You know, getting the getting the double high screens and getting downhill and being able to make decisions from there. And I think ultimately also seeing that he's on offense, he's the main focal point. Yeah. You know, he he's not and I, and I think there there's ways that they can kind of like, you know, toggle things in different ways where Dame doesn't have to be on the ball. He can be off the ball spacing when they're running some Chris uh, sorry, Chris Middleton in Yasa roles when they're running actions away from Dame and he can space the floor. And I, I think to see that he's in control of the game at the end of the game, especially with the kind of uh, performance that we saw out of Giannis. You know, Giannis is a little bit sloppy this game. I, I didn't love his offensive game. I feel like, you know, th- there are times where he's really trying to test the waters with his jump shot. And, you know, maybe one day it'll come along. You know, you, you never – I never want to doubt – uh, a player's ability in trying to, you know, add something to their game. But Giannis's jump shot shot selection was not great. Did not love the pull up threes. Did not love, um, you know, the the pull up mid rangers, and did not love the ball security as well in the post. And I think that's they're winning a game here, obviously against the hardenless seventy sixers. But I think Dame really made his presence felt that he's going to lead this team to victories more often than not, not Giannis. Uh, Giannis on all the other fronts of, of defense and all-around game, but when it comes down to it, Dame's getting that shot, and Dame's going to be reason why they win games in clutch time. Yeah, absolutely. And like Giannis saying before the game, like, this is this is Dame's team now. Like, he knows that the, the, the burden is kind of off him to be able to deliver, and, and, and you need that as well because there's going to be certain times where maybe Dame's not feeling it, and then it makes it a little bit easier for for Giannis to be able to to get downhill and be able to 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 make plays down the clutch as well. Like we're going to see them bouncing off each other a lot. I think obviously it's going to be in Dame's hand more because he's just one of the best closers we've ever seen, one of the best in the league today. So how could the ball not be in his hands? But we're going to see a lot of back and forth, I think, throughout the throughout the season. One thing that impressed me outside of those two, I, I liked the, the depth that they showed, obviously still only the first game, but even like the, the guys they have coming off the bench, you think they have a bit more of a of a secure kind of nine, ten man roster compared to them when you look at the Celtics. And like, you know, you're going to get what you're going to get from a couple of guys that were coming off the bench. It's interesting to see if Malik Beasley continues to start. That's probably a move to to make the, the, the bench unit a little bit uh, a yeah. little bit stronger. Be interesting mm-hmm. to see if that continues, but uh, it was it was definitely good to see that 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 side of it for the books because going into season I was kind of like yeah they've got the best out of five but how will it look on the whole and it was encouraging their encouraging signs on that on that side of it but they kind of had the 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 start that they wanted given the way that it was just all about Dame Dame took over they were in the clutch what, what yeah. more could you ask for in game one you know I, I, absolutely and I, I think just just kind of on the the little bits of it with Malik Beasley. Um, he was very conservative. That's not, and that's something that you would see at times, you know, uh, in Minnesota and in LA, you know, his job as a gunner is to shoot the ball. But every time the ball touches hands, he shoot the ball. And for him to only take one, three, this game, four field goal attempts overall. And I mean, shooting efficiently, you made two of his four shots, but he defended like he played defense. 
he played tough defense. And I, and I thought that he actually, you know, he wasn't a negative on that end. He wasn't a negative in taking bad shots, too many shots, and then not being a great defensive presence on the other end. So if he can keep that up, if he can keep up his defensive effort and he's more selective with his threes, he's absolutely su- – he's such a boon for them offensively as having another guy who can space the floor. Because like we said, like Pat Connaughton, not too worried. Jay Crowder, not too worried. Marshawn Bo- Bochamp, not too worried. So w- when you are running actions through Dame and Giannis, you know, it- it's going to be so tempting to-, to send as many men as you can to defend that pick and roll. They only ran 11 last game, and it's you can only imagine that number is going to go up. Having guys like Malik Beasley, Lopez, Middleton around them to really space out the floor, that's going to be huge. So even though it's a quiet performance, just in terms of how solid he was on the defensive end of the floor and how efficient he was and not overly trigger happy like that. That's encouraging for me from a coaching standpoint of, you know, he's, he's accepting of his role here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was definitely, definitely a good sign. It was interesting to see him in from the start and, and it was obviously what he, what he did. That was, that was why he's in there. Like the, this is the, the role that he was given and it's going to be interesting to see how it goes from there. Obviously interesting with a new, with a new coach as well to see what way the, uh, they try to play it, but obviously, like you said, they play, they're playing the true Dame, and I think we're going to see that throughout the year, and obviously Giannis is going to get better. Some of the decision-making, like you said, was, wasn't great. We're going to see improvements there, and I think we're going to see improvements as as uh, with Dame and, and Giannis together as a whole. I think, like you said, they got the win, they got the dream start, and, and, and we're only going to see the upward trajectory from here. Yeah, I, I am excited to see it, and uh, the rest of the team is going to have to follow. Uh, Damian Lillard and Giannis, that it's going to be the best combo of the league. This it's going to be the best duo in the league. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of hard, hard, hard to argue against that. From one duo to another, one star team to another, we'll flip it out to the Western Conference. The Denver Nuggets, the defending champions. I'm going to talk on the whole, not even, we'll get into their, their opening day win, but on the whole, how important I think it's going to be for a team to pip them to the number one seed in the West and for the Eastern Conference teams like the Bucks and Celtics to be eyeing up a better record than them. I think it's going to prove crucial because their home form is next level. Since the start of last season, they are 45 and eight on their home floor. They went 10 and one in the playoffs on their yeah. home floor. Like they are unbelievable when they play at home the the atmosphere like you saw i know it was a ring light and everything but the atmosphere in there is unbelievable it's like the f- same sort of feeling you got when you used to watch the warriors play at home back when back with, with curry kd and clay like it's that same same sort of vibes so when you look at their away record it's it's 19 and 22 on the road that's what they went last year i think it's a small thing and i'm not saying just if you get them off their home floor you can beat them in the playoffs but it's going to be really crucial. I think the the Western Conference teams, especially, and I think even the two the two big dogs in the East, are going to be looking at them and thinking we need to have a better record than them because it's going to give us the best chance of actually beating them come playoff time. Yeah, they're and I, I love the Nuggets environment too. Like the Denver home crowd is insanely loud. They're always in it, and you really see how they feed off the, the energy of the crowd and they feel like a different, a different team at home. And I mean, the, the game against the Lakers, they felt in control the whole time mm-hmm. and that it feels that way with, with the home crowd as well. Um, but I, I really still think they're going to be the number one seed. Just seeing, seeing how they played against the Lakers as well. It, it's going to be really hard to dethrone them with mm-hmm. how locked in they are. They, the, the defense that they played, that's the thing. You know, it's it's ring night. You play hard on ring night. First game of the season, you play hard. But they are the Mike Malone team, and they're just so locked in on defense all the time. They are so locked in on defensive rotation. They're so locked in on getting out in the break. They're so locked in on getting back on fast breaks. And they are just always on the money on defense in terms of effort, being in the right place, right time. And that, that sort of effort, I think, will – continue throughout this season because they're not a team that I think loses the chip. They won the championship, but they still feel like a team that's going to have a chip on their shoulder because they just came out of it and people are not really picking them as the number one team. They're not being looked at as the team to beat. Yeah. Cause everyone's, everyone's talking about the moves made by other teams and how, how important that is. So yeah, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I think it's going to be so hard to grasp it away from them, but 
like I say, it's going to be so important to be able to do it. Like you, you saw that opening night, Jokic twenty nine point triple double. Like he's he's going to average that um pretty much the whole season, and then like all their starters hit double digits. They had three guys get to twenty plus. The only worry on the whole night was the fact that MPJ went two and nine from three. That's the only really the only thing that was any sort of negative on the night. The Lakers, of course, they could only make runs when LeBron was on the floor, and anytime they even when they did make those runs, the 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 Nuggets quickly went up and hit a three or got a got a got a steal or something like that. Like they they put that to bed pretty quick and. Yeah, that uh, like you said, I think that's a good point. The chip is still there for them because all you're hearing is about the Celtics, about the Bucks, about the Suns. They're gonna be that there, and they're gonna be thinking we are. We can build. We can build a dynasty here. Like the time is on their side, talent is on their side, and the continuity of this team is is a huge, huge thing. Yeah, I I wanted to point out one quick thing about about the game because. This is one thing I noticed, just watching players and focusing on the Nuggets. I want to see more Michael Porter Jr. getting into the basket. Mm-hmm. I know his job is to shoot. And I know that we that's where his like stardom is going to come from, is being that elite shooter and working off of that. But the nine shots and just the lack of getting in the basket, that's where we saw him blossom a bit in the playoffs. Is when he had a shooting run, like he really worked hard on defense. He really worked hard getting in the basket. He screened better, did all the little things. Because Christian Braun, Bruce Brown were beating him for minutes because you needed to win every single minute in the playoffs. So now that we see him in the regular season minutes, there's not that pressure to to lose that time. Is he gonna continue to be that player? And I, I want to see that evolution because Michael Porter Jr. is a guy that I think takes the Nuggets to a different place if he evolves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that like he could get to a very sort of level where you're thinking of him as a as the third guy alongside Jokic and Murray. I don't, I don't think he's quite there yet. I think Gordon probably yeah. still has that role at the moment, but I think there's that bit more of a star power element about uh, about Michael Porter Jr. Maybe him making that jump will take him to the next level. Would not to say like. Gordon's still going to be extremely important, like everything that he does. But that side of it, I think, is going to be is going to be crucial. I think to them, really kind of taking that next step to the team that everyone has to fear and the team that absolutely no doubt in anyone's mind that they they are the team to be. I think he could be that difference maker for them. Yeah, and I think that's that's important too because Bruce Brown, the the reason why losing Bruce Brown is a tough a little tough is because he had the confidence last season to put the ball on the floor and get to the basket. And Christian Braun is going to do that. And I love that he's doing that at such a young age, sophomore season, but also he's not a rookie anymore. You expect kind of that sophomore slump at times. He's on the scout court and he's not, he's a slasher. Like I don't feel super confident with Christian Braun at the wing, putting the ball on the floor in a pick and roll or really trying to get to the basket and doing that himself. I, I really want to see, Michael Porter Jr. In, in some situations, you know, have the confidence to get to the basket himself because they need more guys to do that. I don't think they have a lot of uh, playmakers like that. Reggie Jackson is not getting to the line. He's not getting to the to the cup like that. And maybe maybe Zeke Nash, do you see something out of that? And I think some of these guys, you know, we, we didn't see Julian Strother out there. Uh, we, we didn't see any, uh, any Jalen Pickett out there. But the, the young guys are going to be willing to do that that's they see a clear formula from mike malone that hey if i want to get minutes this is what i got to do and i can take it from michael porter jr so i i think that mike malone should continue to push michael porter jr you mm-hmm. know put the pressure yeah. on him you, you got to keep growing as a player if you want to keep your status but all in all this home team is going to be a force we reckon with until someone deep owns them I, I think you're right like if they are getting that first seed you know who's stopping them at home? Yeah. Nobody. Nobody. Like they're like they're, they're getting they're getting to at least the the finals again. If they're if they have the one seed, I think I, I don't have any doubts of them coming out of the West again. And even without that, they're probably uh they probably are still the uh, still should be uh, the favorites, which they are in most in most people's eyes. I think which is uh which is fair. Obviously, I didn't have them picked. You now I'm still got my my Grizzlies, but those injuries that uh, came about after I your made that Grizzlies. comment didn't your, help. They're your Grizzlies. Grizzlies now. Okay. Our our Grizzlies. I, I didn't know you now adopted the Grizzlies. That, apologies. That's great. Apologies. Apparently, you took them for me. 
But yeah, like like I said, the the importance of Denver losing that uh, home court advantage could be crucial to any other team winning a title this year and and stopping the Nuggets from going back to back. But uh, from one end of it to the other, how about Julius Randle? Got to talk <laughs> a bit about him. It's okay, Ronan. Really, he really struggled in in the in the first game. 14, 11, and seven. Yeah. Went five of twenty two from the field, one of five at the free throw line. I think if he even had a normal free throw shooting night, they could they could have been they could have been uh, level in that game. A few Knicks really struggled from the free throw line. It was those small margins, and it just makes you think: is he just incapable of doing it in in back to back years? Like it starts to have that in your mind. Yeah, it's only one game. I know he's coming off off season surgery, but his entire career has looked like that. When he finally made his breakout in New Orleans, he averaged twenty one points per game. He started the majority of those games. Started 49 games, played 73 total. Then he comes to New York, it drops down to 19 and a half uh, when he's a full-time starter. Then the following year, he has his best year of his career. He goes 24, 10, and 6, shoots 40% from three. He's the most improved player, all-NBA second team. The next year, he drops down again, 29 and 5, Knicks struggle. Brunson comes in, bounces back, 25, 10, and 4, plays 77 games, all-NBA third team, looked great all regular season. Then really struggled in the playoffs, 16.6 points per game, 8.3 boards, shot 26% from three. And that was with the Knicks winning a playoff series. And he still he still had those those massive struggles. And it, that was a similar thing after the uh, after the most improved year. He had a, he really struggled in, in the playoff series against the Atlanta Hawks. That led to another bad year. Are we just seeing that again? Is it just a mentality thing with him? It, it's just really hard to know. And and it's it's a little bit concerning, and it's the reason why pretty much all Knicks fans are saying this is Brunson's team now. Yeah, well, two things on that. One, I think this is a fantastic segue into your overreactions for the season. I, it's it's The Celtics are, I, I believe, going to be the best defensive team in basketball. And Julius Randle is, is a guy that needs to, to really bully through guys and be more skilled than unskilled big men which the celtics have very skilled defensively big men and they happen to have a elite rim protector in christoph's porzingis they happen to have incredibly skilled big men in al horford and they also happen to have oversized wings who can switch onto him oh yeah they also have drew holiday oh and Derek. White. like they are one of the most stacked defensive teams oh i'll give him a pass to like on the first game to play bad against the celtics you know that's fine. I'll, we'll we'll chill out for that. Uh, but for Brunson, yeah, I think things should run through Brunson. I think Brunson should stir the drink. He should be the straw that stirs the drink. And he, I think, has continued to show that he makes better reads on the pick and roll. He makes better reads from the post. And even I'll, you can stomach a bad shooting night for me because it's better shooting selection. And I think it, it comes down to, you know, how much you're you're willing to to sacrifice Randall's shots for the rest of the team. And it's always been his team. And I don't know if that dynamic kind of changes now that you have Jalen Brunson really clearly being the guy for this team, where maybe he can feel comfortable taking a step back because he doesn't have to go supernova. Julius Randall doesn't have to have like an insane stat line every night for them to win because you have a deeper team. You have guys who can create, you can do other things. Maybe you can screen more. Maybe you can attack more on the boards. You don't have to be posting up 15 times a game, like breaking your body 38 minutes of getting destroyed by Jason Tatum, Porzingis, Al Horford, Drew Holiday, whoever, like there, there are probably other ways to win it. And I think, you know, this could be a season to evolve for the Knicks or do a bit of the same. So 50-50 50-50 for me, but I, I think the Knicks are are willing to make some changes. And and I think that at the end of the day, Julius Randle knows the noise. He, he knows what's going on. And I think that there's enough talent on this team for him to realize that there are other ways to win besides doing everything through him. Yeah, yeah. And I think... Am I a Randle believer? Did I just talk myself <laughs> into believing in Randle? I don't know. It's just that side of it is like, can he take that that step and, and are the team willing as a whole to not just say it's Brunson, but to also give other guys more shots and and to let let Randall kind of 
almost match RJ Barrett in a sense, in, in that sort of level. Like, yeah, you're still going to go through him in, in certain clutch moments and in certain more important times compared to uh, compared to Barrett. But I think he could get to that level again where he's him and Barrett are kind of on a similar peg and, and it's Brent's up to Brunson to to run the offense. You're going to see, like you said, uh, like other guys like Quinton Grimes, like IQ, he's going to see he's going to see more minutes. Them guys putting up more shots might be more beneficial and Randall's there and almost it might it could help like the because you know he can still deliver and if he's not kind of a like red hot on the on the uh the target list of of opposing teams it might it might end up benefiting the Knicks but I didn't think it was an overreaction until I actually looked back on his entire career and saw like how he's never really done it for two years in a row that was that was kind of that solidified for me and I was a little bit that made me a little bit worried but I won't I won't jump too far off off the deep end with him, but I think it's definitely time that he takes a step back. And maybe it's time that they, they really kind of put it all through Brunson, rely on him that bit more heavily, rely on the likes of, of Quickly and, and Barrett and, and Grimes and other guys uh, more heavily than they are with Randall. And he can kind of become more of like a perennial role player star guy on the team, you know? Yeah. I'm 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 gonna be patient. When it comes to to your boys, yeah, me too. I I, I want to be patient. I want to believe that they can have another. They've they earned have, it after last season. Yeah, they they can have another good year. Hopefully, it doesn't drop off like we saw before. Hopefully, a lot a lot of people are talking. They 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 believe the Knicks are the third best team in the in the Eastern Conference, and they that's right. what they should be aiming for this year. Oh, like, okay, but I, I don't. I still think the Cavs are better, they, definitely in regular they didn't season. Have to go that far. But no, people are saying it. That's all I'm saying. And <laughs> who's people? This uh, is what happens when you move to New York, right? That, yeah, you hear the you hear the noise in the in the Twitterverse and the, on the, on ESPN stay, and everything like that. Let's at least try to stay at the within the the, the top eight seats. Okay, see. okay, okay. Well, that's uh, they'll get they'll, they'll be in the playoffs. Let's let's just put it that yes, way. That's, that's okay. That, okay, I won't, I won't jump. I won't jump too crazy. I won't, I won't go. I won't go completely insane. But do we want to get in then to to, to a few of my. Uh, my outrageous uh, overreactions to the first games of the NBA season. A few, you want to a get few? there's like twenty. All we right, got let's fifteen. Go. We got fifteen. I got, I got one rapid for each. Fire. One for each game, baby. We got. We did every rapid single game. Fire. Let's go. <laughs> All right, there's the first one up there. My first overreaction of the season. Torian okay. Prince was the only Not... worthwhile addition of the Lakers offseason. Okay, the way you worded it was just number one, so mean to everybody else. I thought they made some really interesting, interesting pickups. I'm really excited for the young guys. Didn't show up yet. Um, big Jackson Hayes guy here. He's going to make a comeback. He's a mobile big. He's like Jericho Sims on crack. Torian Prince, though, he's going to be really good for this team. He's the guy that they want to believe Beasley to be. I think he's going to be way more consistent. He knows how to pick his shots better. He knows when to give up the ball. Um, this one is fair. The way it's worded, fair. The reality of it. Totally agree. Torian Prince, awesome pickup of the Lakers. Lakers going to love him. Okay, so we'll say this is this is a, obviously it's not going to be the whole the whole uh, the whole season. We're not going to see that, that that come true. But you watch him; he had that eighteen points for six. Eight out of ten. And, and he struggled. He struggled last night, of course. But uh, I think you look at the Lakers and you think they're going to need him to be really reliable. Because I mean, Gabe Vincent kind of seems to have lost his magic. There obviously is some voodoo going on in Miami we'll that these guys can just deliver because he comes out to, to L.A. and he. Uh, doesn't look like half the man, but yeah, we'll we'll see how that. Max uh... Strews looks good though. His buddy Max Strews looks. Yeah, that's good. true. That's true. So maybe maybe it's maybe just Gabe Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two, we got the Suns have too much offense to fail. What do you think about that? Um. Yeah. Overreaction. I haven't seen Brad Beal play. Let Let's see what Brad Beal looks like as a playmaker. Um. I know what. Devin Booker looks like as a secondary playmaker. I know what Kevin Durant looks like as a tertiary playmaker. I love all that. Um, we'll see full-time what, what Beal looks like being kind of a pseudo-secondary primary playmaker or shooter. And I want to see it before I believe it. What is fail, fail for the Suns is a championship, right? After making all these... Let's 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 look at let's say the regular seasons I'll fail for the Suns will probably be what outside the top three. Oh, so now we're cha- it's not championship or bust, right? It's just oh no, it still is, but let's say these <laughs> reactions are just for the regular season. Yeah. Um I 
Will this live on throughout the regular season? Do you think, or will will it die yeah. quickly? I'll 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 give I'll I'll give that a temporary yes. Okay, it, it's, Tem- temporary, it's just temporary. Okay, temporary. all right. Number all right. three, what do we got? Chris Asprazingas right. has found his place in the NBA. He will thrive in a competitive Ooh. NBA team. What do we think about that? Reaction? I I don't know, man. That that you don't think the Wizards were competitive? That's I don't know. That's it's a little unfair, I think, to the Washington Wizards, Washington Bullets. Um, yeah, absolutely. This one is that, one, that one's gonna keep on going. That was oh. one that was that was that wasn't too that wasn't too much so of an overreaction. You, were, just... you weren't done. You weren't done with your your first drink yet here. I'm, I'm <laughs> no, I, I was I was I was I was happy there. That was that was just a st- straight up statement. That that's just facts. So ten out of ten. Ten yeah. out of ten. Kristaps yeah. is in the right place. All right. Cam Thomas comes off the bench. He'll be sixth man of the year this year. He averaged what did he get? Thirty five points against the uh, against the Cavs. What do you think about that? Okay, like I'm all for overreactions, truly, truly. And this one, I'm also all for because, you know, Cam Thomas had stretches last season where it's like the second coming of Kyrie Irving. Like this guy is is making shots he shouldn't. He's making moves he shouldn't. He's finishing lays that he shouldn't. And and he just looks confident when he shouldn't. And he's doing things, you know, a seasoned veteran would be doing. But I don't think it's going to last. And I, I really I really gotta be lukewarm on it. I, I think Cam Thomas is is a guy that he's he's fool's gold. Like he he looks the part, but I don't think it'll last the whole season. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna say it's gonna be a no for me on this one. Yeah, that's fair. Overreaction, which I would too. Yeah. Um, All right. Number five, the Pacers will blitz any team that gives them an inch. So what I mean by that is if a team lets them yeah, translate. the Pacers, <laughs> the Pacers will will destroy them. I know they're only playing the Wizards, but not to say that they're going to be the best team or anything like that, but if a team gives them that chance to to establish a lead, they'll go right and run them over. To to put that into numbers, I would I would be confident to say that the Pacers' offense will be so good as as shown by their performance against the Wizards. I think their offense will be so good that they are going to win ninety percent of games against bottom twelve defenses. Let's say hmm. if bottom twelve defenses winning ninety percent of those. Their their offense is that good, um, and I, and I think that I mean that maybe it sounds like that's not saying a lot, but I think on offense alone, you know you you're gonna have to have a shootout with them or stop them, and they're not gonna lose shootouts. I, I really don't think. Yeah, and then they could, even lowering that assist, that the fact that Nempard and and uh, Tal Burton both had both had ten plus assists in the game, which is always a always yeah. cool to see. I think we'd agree I, that this I love this will live Nembhard on. Nempard still being good, yeah. This will live on through the season. We're going with that. Uh, oh, I I believe that. Yeah, they're they're, they're gonna they're gonna destroy bad defenses all year long. Okay, number six, the Houston Rockets still suck. What do we think about that? They lost that's, opening that's, that's opening night one sixteen to eighty six against the Orlando Magic. What do we unfair. think? Is that gonna die or is that is that gonna live through? Uh, that's gonna die, I think, because number one, the Magic. I, I think when you get evenly matched teams, it, the dynamic shifts a little bit. You got young versus young and. And I think the the magic really just showed though how good their defense is, um, and the Rockets, you know, still a group that's coming together. There's a lot of there's a lot that needs to go right for the Rockets' offense to to work out. So I, I think that that suck. Are they going to be a top ten offense now? Are they going to be top ten, fifteen? Are they going to hit average? So I guess that's the question. Are they going to be bottom? Let, let's let's make a number on this. Are they be bottom five? No, I don't think they'll be a bottom five offense. Let's let's say that. I think they're better than this. I think the Magic, though, defensively, they're going to be really good this season. Jonathan, Shane, you Jonathan had a, had a decent game at least, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll say that that's uh, somewhere in the middle. You're you're going to go ahead and say that that's not going to live on, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, number seven, the Grizzlies have the worst bench in the NBA. What do we think about that? Chill. <laughs> I think I think you. Do not be talking about a voice like that. Well, who who would your would your lead, your favorite bench player be from Memphis? From Memphis, I mean, like who are we who are we even looking at? Who was he? Who even came off the bench? I feel like I didn't even know the names that were coming off the bench. Still, no, still no minutes for your boy Kenny Lofton Jr. You're, you're right there. A, so you're not a you're not a David Roddy guy. 
Yeah, like uh, no Derek one. Guy. Yeah, well, Derek Rose, yeah. obviously, yeah, he's he's gonna be solid there. But uh, outside of that, it's kind of like ooh, scratching your head at it now. It'll help a little bit when Jag gets back, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's a little bit a little bit worrying when you don't have when you don't have your couple of big guys with the with Stephen Adams being injured and what's the other guy that's in, in, injured for them? Clark, he's gone as well. Like that that really hurts him. And then you're kind of looking at it and you're thinking, who the hell's coming off the bench here? Just just Derek Rose. That's that's all you got. David Brody, Luke Kennard, 0 for 5 from 3. He was supposed to have a really solid comeback year. Um, you know what? It's it's unfortunate because I don't I'm a big Kenny Lofton guy. But I was more of a Kenny Lofton eating in the G League. Uh I, I can't say I'm a Luke Kennard guy. I never have been a big Jake Laravia guy. I'm the biggest Derek Rose guy of all time, but you know, it might be kind of past his time here. Unless David Roddy really excels at one thing, which he has not shown, he's been, you know, kind of a, I don't even know if a jack of all pieces with it. This might unfortunately persist, which is why I, I didn't understand your Grizzlies number one pick. Yeah, but you, season, you ended but... up agreeing with it. But yeah, whatever. Hey, the injury again to Stephen Adams, <laughs> that, that played it down a little bit you too. talked me that, into that, it, Ronan. That you, hurt you, a little you, bit too. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's good. I think that, that reaction will live on. Eighth or reaction, Chet Holmgren will get bossed by big bodies all season long. No, no. I, I think there's 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 very few there's very few players in the NBA who are who are gonna really be able to take advantage of their size over him because of his his wingspan, because of his like elite understanding of verticality, his his ability to time his jump, and he's shown it time and time again that he's able to compensate for that. I, I don't think this is gonna stand and and yes, 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 that that Andre Drummond highlight on him is gotta be one of the most worst, like most embarrassing really low bad. lights really bad. of his career. That that <laughs> yeah. probably that probably is the worst low light of his entire career is Andre Drummond crossing him up. But guess what? Bulls still lost because Bulls are still not a good basketball team. That's okay. Well, they had their team meeting, so that's good. They'll be they'll be bouncing back then. Don't don't worry about that. Got to be their their fifth team meeting. I don't care. <laughs> I thought reaction. Jalen Duran is going to be a top five rim protector yes. slash rim runner this season. Had a great top. first game, seventeen and fourteen with four blocks. What do we think about that? That's that's really high praise, and and I love that that you're you're putting him there. You're putting him there. Um, but you, you know it's interesting. I, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for him to be top three amongst emerging young bigs because and, and i love this dynamic right now that we're we're kind of at like a, a lack of true rim running bigs that we're like you know where did those kind of guys go like they're kind of a dying breed and all of a sudden you got mark williams you got jalen duran you got Derek lively like mm-hmm. these guys are are they're back the rim running big is back and, and i think he's one of the exciting ones i don't think top five top five you know, book it. Fine. Book, book it. it. You know yeah. why? Because because Cade, because Cade Cunningham. Because Cade right. Cunningham. I like it. Sure. And they almost beat the Heat as well. They almost they only lost by a point in that game. They almost they, they were down yeah. by a good bit at one point, but they almost yeah. came back. Cade's 30 them. points, man. Yeah. Against yeah. The yeah. Most improved. Yup, yup. All right. Tenth of reaction. Trey Young has officially forgotten how to shoot. Four and nineteen from the field and one of what is it, one and nine from three? Bad, bad, bad shooting night. Will will that persist again, do you think? Yeah, that's not a three. That's not a floater. That's a layup. Um, yeah, I, I think. Ah, man, I I don't want to agree with it because I loved his villain role, but it after two seasons of it, that's a fair reaction. Is that going to persist? I I can't. Ah, I can't. You, you want to say so no, but you have to say yes. That's what we're going with. Do you think he's going to stay the same as last year? I I don't see. I don't see why that could significantly change. Obviously, unless his his catch and shoot is going to change, I'm I'm still, you know what? I'm going to believe in Trey Young. I'm going to say that's an overreaction. Okay. I'm, right. I'm going to believe in everything we talked about over the offseason and him buying into Quinn Snyder. I'm I'm not I'm not going to get on board with this. You're yeah. officially off the train for this. You're not you're not allowed to be a Trey Young fan after this, and I mean you shouldn't be. I won't. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, number eleven, Carl Anthony Towns is not the greatest big man shooter of all time. He had a he had a he had a really tough uh, tough shooting night. Eight of twenty five went two of ten from three against the Raptors. Overreaction or fact? Yeah, there's this highlight where he attacked a closeout and had just two wide open steps to to dunk the ball, 
and he just didn't do it and he just went for a floater and he just constantly I feel like is making the wrong shot I don't I never felt good about it when he said it that's that's Dirk that's Dirk until proven otherwise and Carl Anthony Towns is not better than Dirk will never be better than Dirk and is currently probably not going to be better than Wembenyama so nope not even the best shooting big in the league all right all right, number twelve. Uh, Harrison Barnes will be an all-star. This is this, year. this is where everything went off points, the rails. Running. Ten of eleven from the field, five of five from three, three of three from the free show line. Oh my! God. We just straight up say overreaction. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can move on quickly from that. That was it. That was it. That was it. That was. It. I, I needed something for that game. You know, I I, I was uh, I was searching there, but yeah, funny. Uh, okay. <laughs> Number thirteen, Victor Webanyama is just a normal NBA rookie. I thought I thought Kyle took your uh, your Twitter <laughs> account here for a second. I, I th- he's gonna play like a normal rookie when the Spurs are still finding themselves, and I think this is a game where the Spurs were finding themselves and not necessarily in a bad way. Did they win? No. Did Webanyama have the best performance? No. His debut was the biggest for- wet blanket ever, and not to say that it means he's gonna be crap or anything <laughs> like that, but his debut. Was such a wet blanket. Like, why like, is it a wet blanket? Because he didn't. Because he had those 20, preseason games. Blocks. He had those preseason games that were more thrilling than that than his actual NBA debut. That's why it was such a wet blanket. The hype around him. This guy was meant to deliver. Like he was meant to have. A, I don't even know if he had any highlights really out of the game. Obviously, he did well in that in that fourth quarter. But for the most part, what you were expecting and what you got wasn't that wasn't that the level that you wanted. I'm not saying that that's going to have an impact for the rest of the season, but in general, yeah. as a debut, it was disappointing. Fair. I, I want to quickly address that, though, because I think glass half empty, glass half full. Glass half empty. Sure, it, you you want your best player to dominate, especially on a big stage against uh, against the the Mavs. You want him to compete against um, Doncic. You'd want that sort of rivalry there to grow. And could he have been more with the ball? Could he have been more aggressive? Sure. But I think what's important to note is that this is a guy who comes from a system in Europe that's about teamwork. That's really embodies what Greg Popovich wants to do and who he is as a player. He's not a complimentary player, but he's a guy who's going to play within the flow of the game. He's going to play within the the team construct. And, you know, he was not demanding the ball. He was spacing when necessary and he was drawing the attention of defense as necessary, moving the ball. And I think that it didn't feel unnatural to me it didn't feel like he was shy away moment i think that way that the defense was shading him i think that the way that um other guys got opportunities in open lanes that it made sense like the keldon johnson had just wide open lanes to get to the rim and i i, I think that um you know that the spurs in general are going to find themselves this season not just through wemby but i mean through themselves i, I i'm not i'm not too down on it I don't think it was a wet blanket. I think that this is a normal progression for a guy who is going to be the rookie of the year, and he is going to be a top three player in the NBA this season. And it's just not going to be every single night he's just pumping out highlights. Because I think the Spurs could be a good team, you know, themselves. Like, I, I think they have a good team, and that they don't always have to just be having him be on Supernova. Yeah, it helped that Luca obviously just clutches ever delivered delivered in the delivered. They needed for, to win that for though, Denver, you know? and yeah, hundred percent. And I think they they made nice adjustments after the first quarter. They they really got blitzed. They they made nice. They were able to make adjustments to to be able to get them in in a position to win, which was good to see. But still, not overly convinced on on Dallas. All right, finishing it out, the fourteenth overreaction of the season. Shaden Sharp should be starting ahead of Scoot Henderson. Scoot yeah. Henderson recovered, but to start, he really struggled. He's he's a rookie point guard. It's a terrible overreaction. Terrible. Re- Goodbye, Shaden Sharp. I think is going to have an. Um, unfortunately, we're we're learning. But he's going to be starting today. now because Anthony Simons yeah. out for six weeks. So yeah, that that's that's really tough. I I'd love the opportunity to see Anthony Simons uh really come to his own as a as a true point. A true, I mean, true points kind of the word, but but really be be the star of the show, and Scoot can still kind of come into his own and. That is a tough thing for point guards, uh, especially like Scoot, a, a guy who really everything used to flow through him. He's the focal point and learning how to get through that. But I, I think I really looking at his mechanics, looking at his physical, like we talked about him with the offseason. I don't think that 
that even if Simons is healthy, I think Sharp's still got a little bit to go. He's a little bit raw. Scoot Henderson is way more ready in terms of the the IQ and the decision making and what to do on the floor and physically he's there too. Like I, I don't think that this this is close. Okay. Okay. Well they got the perfect be- home opener tonight. So hopefully hopefully uh Scoot can have a have a big home opener, which would be uh, fun to see. All right, final one, the 15th of reaction of the season. This was one I got Fine. from you, actually. <laughs> Kelly Oubre will outperform Tobias yeah. Harris this season. One's on oh. a minimum minimum deal. One's in the last year of a max deal. He outperformed him last year with his 20 points per game. Then last night, 27 points off the bench, went 5 of 6. Admittedly, Harris did have a good game himself, 20 and 7. Went 8 yep. and 9 from the field, 3 of 3 from deep. So he did still have a good game. But what do, what do you think about that one? What do I think about my take? I think my take is perfect. Perfect. Yeah, you, you believe in that. What, what What are you thinking? What do you think? I I I I can see it. Yeah, I mean, he did it last year, and I think it'd be really important for him coming off the bench to deliver that punch for the 76ers team. He's gonna have those opportunities, as we will likely see them without Harden. Who the hell knows what's gonna go on there? But yeah, I I, I really like it. When you when you texted me this yesterday, I was I was thinking about putting something else out as my overreaction for that game. But when I started. <laughs> That's that's yeah, actually exactly. one that's an overreaction, yeah. but also accurate. I, I think it comes down to something as simple as this, is that I, in terms of skill, I think Tobias Harris is a better player than Kelly Oubre. He's, he could be more consistent. He's better defensively, and he stays in the play. He's just a better all-around player, better rebounder. Uh, who's going to take shots? A- the answer is million times out of a million. Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre has an open shot. He's taking it. Kelly Oubre has an open lane. He's going right to the rim. Kelly Oubre has any opportunity to score. He's going to take it. And you're going to have that with Joel Embiid on the floor. Joel Embiid's going to be – Joel Embiid got doubled every single time he touched the ball in the post. That is a fact. And that will continue to happen. That happened against the Milwaukee Bucks. We have a guy named Giannis defending him one-on-one. We have a guy named Brooke Lopez defending him one-on-one. Every single team in this league knows to double Embiid in the post. They need guys who are going to take advantage of that. They need guys who are not scared to shoot. And unfortunately, Tobias Harris is a guy who's, you know, a great teammate, a guy who wants to make the right play, a guy who doesn't want to be to over, you know, stretch himself. But I think Kelly Ray is going to be way more aggressive than him and could out, outperform him. And that's going to maybe we'll start talking about Tobias Harris again. And, and maybe, you know, <laughs> we won't get into Harding today, but no, no, there, there's so much to, to fix here. Yeah, that's good. That'll close it out. That'll close out the overreactions. But it was fun to look back at them and fun to think that like some of them, some of them probably will stick. We'll, we'll keep we'll, we'll look back at these maybe uh, when we get to about January, February, and see see if they're still uh, if any of them still stand true. But I think uh, I like what you're saying there about Philly, and it's going to be interesting now. You watch watch Harris obviously going into the last year of this this outrageous max deal that he's on, and you think about him, the difference he's going to get in the contract and that contract to be to his next one, I think is going to be a uh, is going to be pretty stark, but that's going to do it, I think, for today's episode. Good to talk about the opening games. Still so much to go on. Still so many stars to really get into their groove this year, but always good to, to see what you what you notice from those first couple of games because they can sometimes, uh, the things we see early can, can stand true for the whole year, like when we talk about Gobert and Town still struggling on the court together, like when we see Damon and, and Lillard thriving together. Like Those things are going to stick and, and, and continue moving forward, but We'll be here to cover you when we see all that go down. My thanks to Chris for joining me. My thanks to all of you for listening. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, we are everywhere at Coast to Coast NBA. And most importantly, please remember to take every shot and love every moment.